Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm strongly recommending that all Ontarians, not just those at high risk, wear a mask in indoor public settings. I didn't play the uh, Dr. Karen Moore clip just to, just for the sake of playing it. I played it because there's a great deal of talk and a great deal of debate about public health messaging and the wearing of masks about COVID vaccination, about boosters, about the annual flu shot, and uh, a potential masking mandate return. I've heard that talked about in the last few days, a couple of weeks maybe. Dr. Bonnie Henry and Dr. Luc Boileau, the public health chiefs in British Columbia and Quebec, both are opposed to mask mandates returning. But let's talk to my two guests about this entire issue of COVID, vaccinations, boosters, annual flu shots, voluntary but advised masking, potential masking mandate return. Dr. Martha Fulford, infectious diseases specialist in Hamilton, and Dr. Neil Rao, infectious diseases specialist, Halton Region in Ontario, assistant professor at the University of Toronto Medical School. Thank you both for joining us. Here's the question I always ask doctors. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Dr. Rao, you well? well? <laughs> I'm not wearing a mask right now. No, he didn't say anything. I thought, uh-oh. So let's, uh, let's just start with the word mask. And, and where do we go with this? We start, let's do it chronologically looking at people. So let's start with the kids and work up to adults. And, and you please hold court on where masking belongs, where it doesn't, what your considerations are. Dr. Fulford, I'd like to start with you. Uh, sure, thanks. It is very, uh, it's a very polarized topic, uh, obviously, and it's very difficult to have any sort of nuanced conversation about uh, masking because we end up with uh, people being accused of being anti-mask or pro-mask or minimizer or maximizer, and these are all exceptionally unhelpful terms. And so, you know, we want to sort of take a step back and think, well, what is it exactly we're trying to do, what we're trying to achieve? And as you say, what exactly are we talking about when we say a mask? Because, of course, each situation uh, is very different. And so a medical-grade mask worn by a healthcare, or a trained healthcare person that's put on and taken off appropriately and disposed of appropriately for a controlled encounter is a very different uh setting and conversation than a young child wearing perhaps a cloth mask, perhaps a paper mask all day long. And what what the aim of each of, of these various settings are, and, and I will speak about the children because when we, we have two and a half years now of various jurisdictions around the world where we've had some places that did mask children, uh, 
just as many that did not mask children. And so we should be able to look around and say, well, did anything bad happen to the children where they were not masked uh, in terms of COVID? And then we should also look at, did anything bad happen because of the masks? Because no intervention is without a downside. And so we should always talk about risk benefit. Uh, and two and a half years in, I think it's fairly obvious uh, that at best, we have some fairly poor observational studies that would suggest that masking children in school may decrease the risk of some of COVID. Uh, we're not talking about RSV and influenza. Uh, we have no data that would suggest that children masking prevents those. And so at best, we have data that they may reduce it. Uh, it's pretty minimal. But we now also have increasing data that there are harms. We do know that the ability to, to learn how to read and to look at facial expressions are really important uh, for children when they're, when they're learning actually word uh, to speak. Yeah. Word recognition, to read, all those things are important. So, so it's more, important. it's it's more than it's more than COVID. It's more than the mask. It's, it's part of the it's part of the structure of development as a human being, starting as a right. child. And the and the triggers are very very different than they are for adults because they don't kids don't have the um, they don't have the um, the experience life experience that yeah. most of the rest of us have. Doctor Doctor Rob, what about you? And when it comes to the issue again of masks, COVID, the annual flu shot. I'm throwing it all at you at the same time. The RSV infections, where do you want to start? Well, the first thing I would say is that I'm shocked to see us returning to a discussion about masking. We're not even talking about a resurgence of COVID. We're talking about a completely different virus, RSV. The other point is that there's not really the burning platform right now that there was even two weeks ago. The rates of RSV are actually dropping. The surge on kids' hospitals, it's still significant, but it's going down. Things are actually getting better. And we can't see that they we can't say that it got better because we imposed these mask mandates because we're just talking about them. So they can't work retroactively. You know, I mean, if things are going down without this mandate being in place, you can't start saying that only if we did this it would be less or it would be better. The other weird thing I see is this discussion about the flu vaccine. I'm not at all opposed to the use of the flu vaccine in at-risk people, and that includes young children. But the flu wave is already alive and well, at least in southern Ontario. So the later you implement the idea of getting people vaccinated, the lower the benefit. You want to vaccinate before the peak, because the peak of the flu wave is reached because there are more people who are immune than those who are susceptible, and that's why it starts to go down. That's why you get that bell-shaped curve where things start to get better. The same kind of thing has happened with RSV, but we don't have a vaccine for RSV. But the strangest thing I've seen here is people pulling out of the toolbox a mask approach for a virus against which it's not even proven to work. And in fact, this is why when COVID emerged, people weren't reaching for masks during the first wave because they had evidence that with influenza before COVID, uh, the pandemic, that it didn't necessarily work to have people masking. But Dr. Fulford, what... what? Your, one of your great interests is, is kids, kids' health. You and I have talked about this on the program. Yeah. Um, how do we, in the face of great concern that's expressed publicly by um, other doctors, by hospitals, pediatric organizations, about RSVs and kids in ICUs and keep your children safe, how do we keep the kids as safe as possible given the, over, the overall uh, challenge that we're facing? I think one of the messaging is not just from public health, but it's 
uh, I'm sorry to say it's, it's also from the media, is catastrophizing everything. And so I, I think we need to take that step back and stop terrifying people. These are viruses that we're dealing with now that are the viruses that we've had seasonally forever. And so I completely agree that we need to focus in on healthcare, on some of the struggles of healthcare and the challenges. But when we focus in on that, it has to be realistic on what's going to make a difference to healthcare. And talking about a mask mandate is almost like yelling squirrel. Uh, that's not going to fix the surge in our hospitals. And so there are a lot of things we could be do, we could do uh, in terms of Stop terrorizing our parents. Put things in perspective and go back to the things that so we all did. So what do you do? Did. What do you recommend, Dr. Fulford? Stay home if you're sick. Mm-hmm. Hand washing, particularly for RSV, is very important. Uh, for the children who are vulnerable, and we and the, the kids who are vulnerable today are exactly the same kids who have been vulnerable pre-COVID. We do all the things that we used to do, and parents are very aware of that. Mm-hmm. And so I'd like to go back to the messaging we had in the past from public health on, on good old-fashioned... Um, you know, individual decision-making for, for that person's, that family circumstances, that child's circumstances, uh, and give much more individualized advice in these sort of these broad brush um, measures like mask mandates that clearly have not been effective and that do end up antagonizing people. and They do end up um, having people withdraw uh, and losing faith in some of the advice that we give. Yeah, there is pushback, certainly, after this period of time. And uh, I don't want to just harp on Dr. Moore, but it is recent. It's just in the last few days. And if on Tuesday you tell the province to wear masks indoors, and on Thursday you're at a party with 250 people and you're not wearing a mask, you know, it's kind of hard to to, to miss that. Dr. Rao, would you pick up on what uh, Dr. Fulford just said about about public health and how we take care of ourselves and how we prevent as much as possible from being affected by these? illnesses that are cruising around us. I echo all of the advice that Dr. Fulford gave, but I also see a bit of a Rod Phillips moment here. Remember Rod Phillips who went to St. Bart's died in COVID uh, and, and was a member of the Ford government and, and was, you know, uh, rules for me but not for, you know, rules for, for, for me but not for me kind of thing. I think that's that looks bad, but the mistake that was made here was that the message about where this virus RSV is spread wasn't communicated well. So instead of going fishing where the fish are, daycares, uh, parents of young kids, maybe young uh, children, not so much adolescents, if we'd said, look, this is where the problem is, this is where we're going to focus our efforts, whether or not masks really work or not, but this is where we're going to focus our efforts, you wouldn't have the problem of Karen Moore showing up at a Toronto Life cocktail party and people saying, what are you saying to us about this virus and what are you doing? You wouldn't have such a disconnect. So once the message suggests that it's an act of solidarity for everybody to wear a mask anywhere, indoors, all the time, wherever you live in Ontario, whatever you do, that's a confusing message relative to where the problem is right now in the healthcare surge. It's not in adult hospitals, it's in children's hospitals. The other problem we have is that people are not coming out from public health saying, the evidence for masking is not really that good when it comes to viruses other than COVID. Even with COVID, we can debate it, but when it comes to the other viruses, it's a paper-thin uh, binder of evidence that's really small. So if people could be honest about it and manage expectations better, which is a phrase I've used a lot on the show, we have to manage expectations better, we would do better. Okay, we have I said earlier, RSV is getting better without the, the, the change of policy. Okay, we have three minutes, so... Let me go to the issue of vaccines and uh, boosters. 
and I, I, I could show you dozens, hundreds of emails that come in with varying opinions on whether or not boosters are effective or whether or not they should be taken. What about the issue, uh, Dr. Fulford, for the majority of people of who've had two shots, maybe three, to continue with boosters? Yes, no. Or I would say it shouldn't be that abrupt. Sorry, it shouldn't be that polarizing. So, I mean, I think with with vaccines, you look at the individual vaccine, you look at what that vaccine does, what it doesn't do, and who might benefit from it. And so, you know, with COVID now, particularly with young people, where the risk from the disease is extremely low, where the vast majority have actually already had COVID and recovered, then the benefit of ongoing boosters is probably not that compelling, whereas if you have a very high-risk, vulnerable person who perhaps doesn't have a good immune system, isn't really able to mount much of natural immunity, it's a very different conversation. So I'm not going to say yes or no. For me, it's an individual risk-benefit conversation for that patient, that patient's immunological situation, their history with COVID, the timing of everything, and, and that it's an individual risk-benefit conversation that has to be had for each person, particularly this far in, with so many of us already having had COVID and also having uh, the advantage of natural immunity now. Okay, let me just uh, let me just ask Dr. Rao one quick question here. So we know that our healthcare system is in really serious trouble. People are not able to get diagnosed. Surgeries aren't being carried out. People are dying because of the situation. There's no escaping that. So given that reality, do I hear you both saying, did I hear you, Dr. Rao, saying that people should start to really think, don't ignore the public health message, but really think for yourself? I I would say that we need clarity of messaging from public health rather than it all being left for people to think for themselves. If it's confusing messaging, that's what ends up happening, and then it becomes uh, uh, the wild west. But I do think, as Dr. Fulford just said, natural immunity is ignored. If somebody actually had a confirmed case of Omicron or one of its descendants, even in the last year, in my view, they've got protection, but definitely in the last six months. Like I do think we have pushed the boosters on the wrong people. I, on the other hand, we don't see people talking so much now about the percentage of people who've gotten their last booster. At least we've gotten off that merry-go-round. Yeah. So with regards to flu vaccine, Again, the flu vaccine doesn't stop transmission. It's the collision is not the collision prevention system. It's the airbag. So for some people, it goes off and protects them from going through the windshield. But those people are very specific groups okay. who have underlying disease, and we end up over promoting this to everyone, thinking we're going to stop the healthcare system from okay. being overloaded. We're making a false promise. If you want to hear more. Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 